0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name's Bill Grennan, everyone calls me Brasky, and today, as always, I'm joined by the mighty linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, Fam? Hello.
1: How are we doing? Well, I didn't know what else to say hello. Because you say it first. It's yeah, in the show notes. Yeah,
2: you only say
3: it first, Caroline. I guess. I, I was going to try and talk over someone else. I forgot.
1: No, you, uh. you have to lead the
0: way. They're lost without you, all right? If you don't start this thing off with hello, they're just going to wander around and oh, get
2: lost. Wait, 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 wait. I got it. Caroline did not nail that one.
3: Oh! Uh, get uh, another joke that our viewers, who are only listening through their ear holes, will understand.
0: Literally thirty seconds into the podcast, Sean makes a joke for people that have absolutely no idea what's going on. For those not aware, Caroline Cavanaugh is in the process of making some dope ass nails right now. Whoa,
3: what are you, Eric? Yes. (laughs) Also Uh, a joke that you have to be part of
1: our our team Discord for. We are moving on. No one,
0: that is, none of our tens of listeners will even be remotely concerned or have any idea of
1: what we're talking about right now. Yeah, so I'll make a joke that happened, uh, that's a callback to after our podcast last week and say that I totally forgot to change the intro uh, that Brasky reads every time.
0: Oh, that's true. I was hoping. Yeah, the teleprompter. I was yeah. gonna
1: change your teleprompter.
0: We had oh, man. We had a discussion uh, after the after we recorded last week about the fact that even though I say the basically the same thing, every single podcast, I still have to read it. Otherwise I feel completely lost. (laughs) And so like, like last week I was like starting the podcast and I started talking and didn't have my notes in front of me. And I was like, hello, everyone in my mind. I'm like, where are the notes? Where are the notes? Where are the notes? (laughs) And welcome. And I found them. Okay, great. And here when we started. Right. And you know what that had you done that Connor Hawk, I guarantee you, I guarantee you because I read this word for word off of the show (laughs) notes. I would have said something.
1: I was just going to like change someone's name or something like that. that yeah. just like something. Stupid. Nothing major. Like,
0: just make some minor yeah.
1: shift in there. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm
3: sad you didn't tell us. Like, I'm sad you just told us. I know. It didn't I know do it,
1: but I, I wouldn't have yeah. remembered by next week. <laughs> I, my, I'm like a, I'm like a goldfish. You know? <laughs> I didn't remember that I was going to do that until, until Brasky started reading them. And I was like, oh, it's too late now. God. <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll see now. Now. Conan Hawk is a goldfish, but not the magic kind yeah
0: yeah that is true well if you're not if you're not a magic type of goldfish i know there's other types of magic things you've been doing which is why i always love to know and start the podcast off with how your week in magic was so Rock, let's start with you how was your week in magic
1: well i've been playing a lot of historic um the next mythic invitation or the the next big magic event i'm actually invited to which is super exciting uh and that is historic that's the mythic invitational and so i'm going to be playing it all the way up until then and uh what what's that? What's that, Caroline?
3: Invited to?
1: And the, is, did they not invite me? It's no, qualified... you were in
3: your <laughs> spot. Oh,
1: that's true. I got qualified. <laughs> for... I
3: know it was a really long time ago, Eric, but you weren't...
1: Yeah, back in January when I got ten, <laughs> <wins>. <laughs>
2: With, which at this point could have been two years ago. We're not one hundred percent. No
3: way of knowing.
1: Um, but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of historic and. uh Everybody is talking about Field of the Dead being the best deck in the format. So I was like, I'll play a bunch of decks to beat it. That didn't work. So then I was like, I'll play Field to figure out what beats me. Nothing beats me except for the Mirror. So now I'm just like working on the Field list, which is wild. Because I did not want to be here, but this is where I am. Did you qualify back in January? Yes. Yep, I, like, January 5th or something. I, I need,
0: I need you to—we need to make a, a meme image that's the Robin Williams Jumanji meme, except it's, it's Conan Hawk with, like, put a long beard on him. So it's like Conan Hawk, when he qualified to what's happened in the world to Conan Hawk now, and he's like, what
2: year is it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good
1: one. <laughs> I don't understand
0: why, why you say that you got invited, because it is an invitational.
1: Yeah, I think that's like where I got that from. But you technically have to earn the
0: invite, much like Caroline well, Cavanaugh's birthday parties. Invited. You have to earn the invite to go to those parties. Like that's how it
1: goes. Right? There, there's like there's like actual like people that get invited. I think, I don't uh, like yeah. So.
3: Yes, but obviously that has not been announced yet, Eric. What the heck?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it be? It's only I don't know what like um less than a month away. Breaking news.
3: And also. We have no idea if people haven't been invited because we wouldn't know because they haven't said anything. It's not like we definitely know or anything. Yeah, don't say. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah. okay.
3: <laughs> there are definitely going to be people invited and I assume they know, <laughs> but the world doesn't know.
1: It's true. Yeah, there's like a lot of things that they do that are kind of funny. You could say the world wasn't invited. <laughs> well, because yeah. like the, the Mythic Invitational was supposed to be next week. It was supposed to be, like, on the 27th, right? But then because it was too close to Amonkhet being released, they had to move it. And it's like, who's in charge of scheduling the Amonkhet release and who's in charge of scheduling the Mythic Invitation? They work in
2: different offices, obviously, Eric.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not my department. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so. Sorry.
3: Well, okay, that one, okay. If we're going to deep dive on this, that one's a little unfair to Judge Zabon because this date was made up due to like rescheduling and stuff like a lot of this is all related to COVID, so it's sort of unfair
0: oh yeah we're all we're basically whenever I see any decisions like that and whenever I have to question them, I'm like well why'd they do it that way and I, you have to think back and just go wait we're all flying by the seat of our pants here right now like basically for the past like three months it's just like why is it don't just do you need a reason I can give you that reason global wait, pandemic
3: We're flying right
0: now we are I Man. wish we are. We are flying. We're straight. not allowed to fly yet. We could. We well. You know, you know what we we are doing? We're flying straight into. Oh man, I lost. I had a good segue there to continue on with the discussion, but I lost it too. <laughs> you know what I flew into? A brick wall. That's what I flew into right now. Everything. Everything's just gone to crap, and now I have no way to start the podcast back up. But the only way I know how to do it is by hoping Sean Gallagher can tell me how his week at Magic was.
2: <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Brasky. My uh, <clears throat> my week of magic's been pretty good, actually. I uh, As soon as Omni kit Remastered came out, I uh, was pretty excited. I was basically a child on Christmas morning, woke up that morning, I was like, ooh, look at all these cool cards I get to play, and I put together a blue-white deck, blue eye control deck. Um, that deck was pretty bad, <laughs> so... Scrapped that one, went back to the drawing board, and played Field of the Dead Shocker pretty good. Um, My first iteration was just a bunch of Field of the Deads and Golos, but didn't have Hour of Promise in it yet. Forgot that card was printed. Then my opponent cast it against me and got two Field of the Deads out of their deck. And I was like, dang, that seems pretty good. So I crafted some Field of Hour of Promises, put them in my deck, and uh, made it all the way to Mythic playing Bant, Field of the Dead. Um, four Sings Revelation, four Approach of the Second Sons. That deck was awesome. I loved every minute of it. Caroline was in there. She was cheering me on. I, there was one point where I was like 16 and two with the deck. It was awesome. Uh, then I hit Mythic with it. And then I want to say Eric posted an Oliver 2 list that was playing Soltai Golos or Soltai Field of the Dead that I played up until I hit number 67 on the mythic ladder so i got pretty high it's the highest i've ever been on the ladder so that was awesome pretty good week i'm hovering around 400 right now i'm gonna have to play some more but i feel this is the best i've ever felt about my ladder position so i'm pretty excited um, about where i am right now
0: yeah it was great to see you jump on that i love kind of you going through your step-by-step process to arriving at that deck and i (laughs) want to see you write like a like a Star City Games-esque article about that of, like, of like how to hit Mythic in Amonkari Mastered. Step one, build blue-white control. Step two, forget Hour of Promise is a thing. Step three, just kind of go pit by bit. until so you go, eventually, find a good deck. And then just get up <laughs> yeah.
2: It was funny because we're literally on stream. I'm literally streaming our Discord, and the deck is, uh, like, blue-white control. And it's, like, scrap that. And then it's, like, Bant Field version 1.0. And then I like playing version one point five, and that's what I queue with. And then it's like that deck's garbage too now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy week in terms of Magic for me. So it's been awesome, a lot of fun. It,
0: it's been great to see everybody kind of jump into the historic format and do that. Because as someone who right now to I don't have, that was not in my budget buying a bunch of Amaket remastered cards. Right at some point I'll, I'll I'll get a little chunk of them and make some historic decks, but that's not in my purview at the moment. So I. You know, my week in Magic was I'm going to play what I can play, which was, you know, standard, but also 2021 standard, which Ooh. most people don't even really know exists because of Amonkhet Remastered. And that is like it is they, they have a ranked ladder for it. And it's basically any set that's going to be legal once rotation happens. So like no Ravnica, no War of the Spark and all of that kind of stuff. No core 2020. And I was like, okay, well, I'll jump into that one and just decided to jump in on the ranked ladder from the very bottom and see what was up. So, Sean, I, I need you to know that uh, Blue-White Control is very good in, oh, in 2021 standards. Don't tell me that, It's man. quite good. Let's it tell- is a Yorian Control build. It just spanks all of the aggro that's out there, and you better build it now because, well, you can only play it for a few weeks. Because <laughs> whenever Zyndikar—Zyndikar comes out when? Like mid-September?
2: That sounds right. Yeah.
0: So you got about a month if you want to play it. But, uh, and it's best of one, so even better. Uh, so, you know, I jumped in that for a while and I was like, okay, looking for other decks that would fit into standard 2021. And so here's my meta report for that. Uh, Blue White Control is really good. Demir Mill, actually not terrible. I, I was like two games, <laughs> I was like two games above 500 with that one. So, uh, it was actually like somewhat feasible putting like Lockmere Serpent and, uh, that, that was the one satisfying thing about it is when you flash out a 7-7 on people and they really do not expect it because they forget that that card even exists. So that was a good time. But I played that for a while and I enjoyed kind of just testing the waters of Standard 21. And then I jumped back into Standard and finally was like, you know what? All right, Sultai Ramp is the way to go. I'm going to play some Sultai Ramp. So I jumped in at that at Bronze over the past week and now I'm sitting at uh, Platinum, which was fun. I haven't hit Platinum in a... In a in a minute, in a dog's age. I haven't hit platinum since a global pandemic started. Like that, that gives you an idea. So it was six years ago. I know. It was like, it, it was 80. It's been 87 years. No, I, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I, I am actually finding from, you know, the amazing uh, rap battle deck battle discussion we had last week between you and Conan Hawk. Uh, I'm finding, I'm finding all of the different builds of soul Tide to be very interesting to me. Because now I'm seeing some that completely don't run casualties of war, specifically for the mirror. I'm seeing some that are all counter magic, and some that are running this and that. So seeing the different builds of Solitaire ramp is something that I've been digging into, and just seeing why people are running the deck list that they are, and then finding the one that I want to run, which for me is actually not running casualties of war, running a bunch of counter magic, and even thought uh, was it thought not thought erasure, thought distortion. And you know, putting setting that in. That's that's been really fun. I've enjoyed that. But it was cool. It was cool to get back on the ladder and just uh just jam some games and not not worry about ladder anxiety or anything and end up at platinum and probably hopefully keep going. Maybe maybe we can get to diamond. We'll see.
2: You can do it, brass key, I believe
0: in you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Asky. i have the, i have a I of confidence.
3: Faith, i'll tell you how my weekend magic is i know
0: i was just waiting to see if anyone wanted to comment if not i was trying to figure out how do i throw this over to the fabulously nailed caroline cavanaugh for what your weekend magic is like
3: hmm I think i would have a lot of time to think about this
0: you would you would as you sip from your sloth mug you're just filled with all of the like visual visual treats for our listeners
3: <laughs> uh okay well, the listeners can see what the mug looks like because it's on Twitter. That's true. I, what the heck did I do? Okay, on Saturday, <laughs> I really can't remember. Okay, on Sunday, I definitely played Legacy. But what did I do on Saturday?
0: I mean, weren't you just part of the all of the general joint calls in the Swigoi channel?
3: Yeah, I thought I played a tournament, but maybe I just didn't. <laughs> but did you play I the
1: MTGA was... Arena Zone thing?
3: I think I'm into that. Oh, I played the modern challenge. Thanks, Eric. Uh, (laughs) Um, Okay, so my focus this last week has been legacy because I totally, (laughs) I guess I didn't listen to our own segments about news, but the Mana Traders event, I thought the play, like the Swiss play or whatever, free play, ended today. but It actually ends next week. (laughs) So I thought it ended this week, so I was like spamming a bunch of legacy, um, but then it actually ends next week, so... I don't know. Anyway, the, I, I guess I played a lot of Legacy. I played Legacy Goblins. That was fun.
0: I was going to say, what is the Legacy meta like besides besides you just jamming your, your fave goblins? Like, what else do you run into right now?
3: Okay. Name a card that you hate that was once in the Standard.
2: Uh, once Upon a Time. Veil vale of Summer.
0: Nexus of Fate. Teferi. Spot wow, you guys her. are really bad at this. I'm <laughs> trying to
2: dance around Oko because I don't want to say it. But... Oh, I was trying to name a bunch of band cards, see how long we could go.
0: No, it's okay. You could have just said a "swear." Word. You could have just said a swear word, and I would have edited that okay, in.
3: So Oko, and then there, it also has Uro, so it's a really annoying deck.
1: Oko and Uro, they certainly are an odd couple in Legacy. Did um, you? I, I forgot to ask you. Did you? Did you actually end up qualifying?
3: Oh, I'm currently. I think I have like eleven wins in five or six or... Seven losses. Oh, no. I, I might get there. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know.
1: Brandon. Brandon had to be the um the the <laughs> thing where you have a conscience and they tell you to do things that are on the right side of good.
0: A conscience. A, a conscience. <laughs> yeah.
1: moral.
2: Moral compass.
1: Yeah, he had to be the moral compass for 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 me.
2: Oh yeah.
1: I was uh I was seven and two, and Caroline was like playing in in the the nerd rage thing. And then I was like I was like, Brandon, it's probably bad if I wait and try to queue against Caroline, right? And he's like, Yes, that's not okay. And I was like, what Yeah
3: also okay. I was uh, <laughs> I wasn't playing, I wasn't double queuing.
1: Yeah. I was like, uh, okay, fine, I'll play someone <laughs> yeah, else. Silly. How yeah, how do
3: you refuse to join your game anyway, so <laughs> huh?
0: wait, you, you, can you can you you can just refuse to join those games?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He and, can. And I learned something today.
3: I mean, I don't think it's meant to be taken advantage of.
1: No, probably not.
0: And I learned so, another thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's basically like if if so like say you queue, like say if I like hit enter and it's like I want to play a game and then you know, it's like I'm like waiting or something and I go to like the bathroom or something and I come back and like I had been queued but it's like I didn't get to make the game in time or like maybe like a computer crashes or something then it like doesn't count against you for missing the, the queue time. Gotcha. It's kind of like a, it's like a safeguard in certain, in certain ways for that matter. Yeah, it
3: is. It's also probably more the fact that they need the metagame data to start on moto before they can track what happens. Like they need to be able to find the match cause they get all the metagame data. So they need to be able to find the match before they can decide who won. So if the match is never created, they can't really figure out like who do they blame? No. Like there's no metadata to say, oh, I I started a match. I want. And also, one person is only allowed to join a match, so it's it it, it just has to be that way. And we would definitely never take advantage of it if we ever got paired. Of course, yeah, never.
0: True. No, wouldn't sure. do anything like that ever in any type of competition, which I would expect from both of you because we are stewards of, uh, of of playing the game the right way. And if- Wait,
3: Nebraska makes me feel bad. <laughs> I <wouldn't-
0: laughs> no. I would I would never. I think I think y'all are upstanding upstanding individuals, members of society and magic players. All right? And whether or not you are upstanding or sitting down, there is plenty of ways in which you can play Magic and there's plenty of ways in which you can do it upcoming this week, which is why we are going to run to the news and events and places where you can do all the types of competitive Magic things you can do. This time with Mr. Toolshed. Mr. Toolshed is bringing the news. He's also
2: oh, on mute, so I'm going to
0: fill in for him while he gets off mute. But I'm yeah.
2: here now. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so we don't really have too much going on. Kind of a weird week. But um, this weekend we have the SEG Weekly Championship. So you have to qualify by getting 10 points during the week. Then he gets to play on Saturday. Hopefully going to qualify myself. Um, We also have another Red Bull tournament on Saturday, which I believe starts at 12 Eastern, right? Yep, I think that's what it was. And then we have um, Set Roulette on Sunday, uh, casted by us, run by the Mythic Society. Um, That Set Roulette this time is 7th Edition, Return to Ravnica, Mirage, Nemesis, Judgment, and Mirrored and Besieged. So come flash in your cool creatures and cast Strings of Revelation Supreme Verdict, because that's all the cards I remember from Return to Ravnica. Oh, and the Charm. Do you
3: remember Death Rage Shaman?
2: No, why would I remember that? Wasn't that uh, banned at 1.2? It's
3: banned in almost every single format except Historic. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, Pioneer. I'm in Pioneer.
2: Yeah, yeah. so it'll be super fun. To, uh, I think Caroline will be working with Sidetrack, Power Dragon, and Jarvis on
1: Sunday. Yeah. To be fair, if the Fetchlands weren't banned, I'm sure Death Ride Shaman would be.
3: <laughs> They're just bad. They're tap fetch lands.
2: Huh? Table passage.
3: I don't know. That's just what I was told. They're fetch lands that bring something into play tapped.
1: Mm. So like evolving lands.
3: Do you want me to go find out what they're called? <laughs>
1: yes. No. Oh no! I was talking. I was talking about Pioneer.
3: Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the thing we were talking about. The set Oh no! Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. It, it, there's like uh, there's like mountain valley and stuff like that. Yeah.
3: Add yeah. fetch lands.
1: <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at that, uh, that that set roulette listing. It's basically, you know, there's there's some folks in the Swigoi chat that were kind of like doing some deck brewing. And apparently, there's just a couple of, because there are no bans, there's just some really broken ass stuff
1: you can do with that. Oh, yeah. There, there usually is. That's the nice thing about like set roulette. Set roulette is like great for that because you get to do, so broken things are fun for exactly like the time you're brewing it to like the first tournament. And then you're like, oh my god, that just like happened. And then if you had to play another tournament, you would be so miserable. So <laughs> unbelievable? Talking? But the thing is, it's like if you get to do it once, you're like, this is awesome. I got to clamp like sixteen things and draw like you know thirty, you know thirty two cards and all this stuff, and it was just like it was amazing that I killed my opponent. And then like after that, it kind of like loses its luster, and you're like, oh my gosh, like if we had to do this over and over again, if this was standard, like we would just be like, okay, we need a ban skull clamp, but. It's, it only happens once, so that's like pretty awesome.
2: It's funny that you mentioned that because you were like, "It's good for exactly one turn." And my brain automatically just went to, "What if my opponent casts Hogak on turn one? <laughs> How <laughs> fun yeah. is that?" And I was like, "Because I remember I played GP Minneapolis, cashed yeah. it, playing against Hogak, and then played in GP Vegas, and literally for thirty rounds did not play Hogak one time." But <laughs> a lot of people were just yeah, didn't play it in thirty rounds i catch both gps yeah it's very strange Yeah, <laughs> i just remember Hoga- i tested against hogak and i'm like this is just miserable the entire time
1: actually one of the best like the best things is like how many people do you know that are excited about no banless modern because <laughs> it happens like every couple of months it's yeah. still it's still fun because you just get to like play your favorite cards that are no longer allowed in modern for you know reasons and then people are like, yes, this is super cool. But if that was just the way it was, people would hate Modern.
2: Yeah, people get to play with their artifact lands and then get destroyed by Eldrazi's. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> that is a good point, though, I think you bring up there, Eric, is the fact that, you know, there are bans for a reason for healthy metagames and so forth. And, and if we had to play without the, with these banned cards all the time, that yeah. it would not be an enjoyable thing. But every so often, just kind of just taking the seatbelt off, Just throwing just throwing caution to the wind and jumping into it, you know, finding into ridiculously broken formats and things can be a little fun in in the right dosage. Yeah.
3: So I actually, I know this isn't our main topic, and I know that we're nowhere close to our main topic right now. But I actually think that's a really interesting point because I think that's what's happening. Like, we're actually okay. Wait, I got it. It is going to we're going to unbanned
1: all the standard cards. We're going to play a tournament.
3: In the last year, it's been no joke. It's been no spoiler that the last year magic has been kind of um bad and so (laughs) i think a large contributor to this the annoyingness of standards specifically this doesn't apply to all the formats um is the level of games that are or the amount the sheer amount of games that are being played like i think if i was just going once a month to a grand prix and maybe occasionally playing with friends at, at you know at a random FNM, and I was playing Euro. then I don't think the card would annoy me as much as it's currently annoying me, which is I just can't even look at it. <laughs> and and I think that is a contributor to the fact that, A, we're in a pandemic, so we're all playing... The majority of people are playing more than they probably were used to, or they used to play. And there's just a lot more games being had. And so formats get... like. Like think about how excited we were like literally two weeks ago. We're like, oh my god, they revived Standard. It's so great. And then the next day I was like, oh, never mind, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, literally it
1: took like one it's week bad. for everybody to like realize that Soul Tie was the best deck, right?
3: But I don't it's think that going, like, I don't think that would happen without Arena. Like, yeah. I think people on Moto that would know, and I think there would be people that are like super into Magic and going to the first SCG post bannings that would know. But I think the average Magic player would not know. And they would show up to FNM and they'd be like, oh, I'm really excited to bring out my mono green deck. And then they'd go like, you know, 3-1. They'd be like, oh, well, okay. And next week they'd be like, oh, my mono green deck, but I tweaked it to, be, like, to beat this card. And then, you know, they go 2-2. They're like, oh, okay. And and that's, I think, the difference. is like that same person played all those matches by 8 a.m. <laughs> so I, I think that's what's happening with Magic is... There are some bad choices being made. Sorry, Watsy, but I also think that we're just playing a lot faster and a lot more. And Watsy had some of that is not on Watsy. Like they yeah. have to, we ha- we have to adjust. And that is a good part of our topic because we are going to talk about their reaction to the last year in Magic. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I think you're spot on with that of, of the fact that just the sheer amount of Magic being played and being played, honestly, digitally, just can exacerbate uh, what I, I wonder. What balance changes would have been made in previous blocks and sets of of years past, if we had the same access to the sheer amount of games to play of Magic? Like if you think back, just to even four or five years ago, you know it, it seemed like there would be, especially in Standard, there would be a card or two banned in Standard, uh, just based off of something that was really. Uh, But I wonder if there are certain standard eras where we would have seen this year, like this kind of uh, bannings just because of the amount of magic that's being played.
3: So that's pretty interesting. I actually think Kaladesh is um, a really interesting thing to think about in that terms of the question, because Kaladesh had a lot of cards banned. Don't get me wrong.
2: (laughs) They did all (laughs) they have four?
3: Uh, Let's see. So they had Rogue Refinder, Attune with Aether, uh, Marvel. What else do they have?
2: Feldar Guardian.
3: Oh, I forgot about Guardian. Oh, was Copter Smuggler's and
2: yeah. was Sm- well, it was Feldar Guardian, Smuggler's Copter, and Emercall were all banned at the same time. Yep.
3: Right. So I guess that's five. I guess we'll count um, Kaladesh as a block as opposed to. A, oh, sure, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a lot of cards. It's sort of like it's actually kind of on scale for what's happening now. Like, Al- what has the most banned cards? What block has the most? Or what then set? Has- <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's actually um, one of the big
2: points later. It's got to be like, what set is Reclamation from? Guilds of Ravnica?
3: Oh, I was going to think it's like Aldrain. Aldrain has oh, Oko, fires, fail, Oko. Once Upon a Time.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, about Fire. Fire. Like mm-hmm. so, of Summer.
3: So well, is of like, Summer
1: M21 with uh, the hate oh. cards.
3: You're right, you're right. I mean, it's hard to tell. Who but you
0: 20, is. look at you Not look M21. at the art of it, the art and the look and how it was used. It feels like an eldrain card.
3: So I, yeah. I think it's pretty interesting because Kaladesh actually did have a lot of cards banned, but I wonder if it was played at the same rate that we're playing now, how many more would have been banned, or at least people would have been annoyed about it. Like yeah,
1: I remember pretty- actually like watching. I think I can't remember what PT it was, but it was one of the PTs of when when like vehicles was big, and at the time right. it was just kind of like. Bans had started happening, so then people started yelling about them more often. And um, I remember, so, like, one of my guilty pleasures is, like, reading Twitch chat for some weird reason, because, I don't know. And um, basically, just, like, Twitch chat's just, like, Toolcraft Exemplar should be banned. Scrappy Trounger should be banned. You know, and it's just, like, they just, like, name a bunch of guards that they just, like, probably lost to at some FNM or something and it's just like it like it gave them bad feelings cuz they lost to it and like they're just like well if i don't like it then i can yell for it to get banned and maybe it'll happen and i, I like it definitely felt like if that if like caroline was saying was like if we were all playing arena at that time if enough of those voices just yelled for something like scrappy scounder would something like scrappy scounder been banned which would be wild but i like or maybe it would be hard of Kieran is maybe a better a better uh target or something but like maybe that's something that would have actually happened at some point
2: Cards only get banned if we email about them,
1: remember? Oh right, yes. I'm supposed to <laughs> I'm supposed to write a a wordy email to, to watch. Yeah, the phone. about oh, how many clicks man. it takes.
3: It, it was not made clear who they sent the email to. Oh
1: so, no. no. Everyone.
3: Everyone. Sent emails. It, they did not indicate to me who they emailed. <laughs> so could have anybody. Yeah. Um actually I think that's a really good point because obviously your comment on twitch chat in you know 2016 or whatever was big foreshadowing for our future um and i know we talked about bannings and such in the past but this particular banning to me felt very like kind of free real real estate on watsi's like side they're like hey we have a new set coming out there's no major tournaments that are playing these cards let's just freaking do it <laughs> let's just on a whiteboard let's go Everybody, tell me a card you've seen someone complain about. <laughs> and, and, and just imagine it's like 400 cards on the whiteboard. And
1: no one said Uro?
3: <laughs> well, okay, it's got to be parameters, right? Can't be an active mythic in a set. Um, <laughs> like you can't I, have I, I an
2: animation like, on Arena.
3: I know, I'm. I'm like, I know we're, we're making a joke. I actually legitimately think that a, a meeting of that sort happened. What cards are players annoyed at? And then a breakdown from there. That's like, okay, well, what did we do? Like, why are they annoyed about that card? Oh, they're just really annoying and don't like cat. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Oh, um, they don't like that they know on turn two when their opponent plays Grow Spiral on their end step that they're dead. Okay. (laughs) Like, I legitimately think that is an interesting exercise. I just kind of wish it had happened, you know, before they were printed, but here we are. Um, Ready to grow. Move forward. Let's... You know.
2: When you said on turn two, I was like, Oh, she's gonna say burning tree atmosphere, because that card's busted. But then you said growth spiral. I was like, Oh yeah, that card's just way better.
3: <laughs> I mean, I've already ranted. I the burning <laughs> their concept of what pioneer or goodness, I do this all the time, what historic is like
2: they're basically the same format to be fair. So right? Really, seriously, right now like, I'm not kidding. They're becoming very similar.
3: Yeah, the
1: their approach to oh, you can't play feel the dead in, Pi- in Pioneer. Yeah,
3: that's true. Not
1: yet. Wait till it's <laughs> Pioneer remastered. <I>
3: mean, <laughs> no, no, it, it was legal, Sean. It was bad <laughs> that's Yeah, because
1: of be our bad. promise was too good for it. Yeah, that's like not it. gonna stop them. Don't worry.
3: <laughs> uh, anyway, but we we can move on to the actual topic. But I I just think that um. We're just going to, it's only up. We can only go up from here. I I think you're totally right.
0: But I think you make a great point about, about the band cards and the shifts. And, and that kind of brings us into a little bit, it kind of just jumped early that we jumped into our topic that we want to discuss, which was um, Mark Rosewater's, you know, yearly article that is, you know, the year in magic from like the state of design is what it's called. And every year since like 2005 or 2003, he has released a state of design, Uh, article that's basically just kind of highlights and lessons learned from the past year uh, from really their Mark's perspective of design at Magic which about if I'm not mistaken is like initial design of you know and then kind of brought in some other he mentions you know what other departments are feeling about stuff or how they interacted with it folks like you know the the playtest group and R&D and all of that kind of stuff but he went through and discussed a lot of pieces about the highlights of Magic and the lessons learned over the past year and the first thing that we you know, obviously were discussing and talking about is that there were balance issues in terms of like lessons learned. I think that's one of the big things that we just spent the last you know, five minutes or so discussing is that there were a lot of sets that uh, were extremely powerful and did extremely powerful things. And in some cases, probably did way too powerful things to the point where someone where some of us go, how did how did how did this get printed in its current state? For instance, Oko, the fact that Oko had a plus ability that really should have been a minus ability. Um, and the fact that it, it, something that stood out to me about it was the lesson learned of, that I, I was kind of excited to hear, was that they, they realized that they need to get better at thinking about uh, what they said, the ramifications on their sets on all formats on a bunch of different formats. And that's not to say that they're always going to be thinking about, okay, well, is this really going to impact Legacy? Or is this really going to throw a wrench into Modern? But that they're at least going to be more cognizant of the impacts that some of the cards have. Because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, this past year had more kind of standard cards th- just throw a loop to more to more formats than I think has happened in quite some time.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 think...
3: did, uh, I would argue the <laughs> I last think... time it happened was... Um uh cons
1: right
3: with i was gonna say marvel
1: but maybe no in other formats yeah like oh, and thre- hey. treasure crews were like a yeah, big problem yeah. in other formats with Fed plans yeah, Clans. yeah but i was sense. i was gonna bring up the point that like sean kind of mentioned it earlier that they they keep hinting that well not hinting but saying eventually pioneer will be moved to arena right so now with historic on arena and standard on arena and eventually pioneer on arena if you make cards that are bad in historic or pioneer, then or like bad for those formats, but good for standard. Like you're gonna have to immediately get rid of those in other formats, right? Like immediately, like so you know something like where we have our promise, right? In in uh, you know it's kind of going off the field thing. Um, if you were to make another like say you ban Field the Dead, right? We'll just say that gets banned. But say you print another card similar to it, right? Because standard is asking for this type of card then it would be bad in other formats um bad for or bad in bad, bad bad for those formats like mm-hmm. bad for the the health of the format right right? right right because like nothing in standard say currently finds a specific land
2: mm-hmm. but
1: in the older formats like the, the the pioneer you have like sylvan uh was it sylvan scrying and then in historic you'll have uh hour of promise right like they could find a specific land so like then you would have to like remember that that happens. Do you, when mm-hmm. you
0: say uh, ban immediately, do you mean like preemptively, or are you just saying that it will become apparent much quick much much quickly? Or good verbiage, brassy. <laughs> that it, it will become uh, more apparent in a quicker amount of time that they would have to ban something because of the sheer amount of magic being played. If something like Pioneer gets shifted to Arena,
1: I, I think it would be it would they would give it a chance. I think, and then it would it would it would be quickly dispatched after that. Um, they made it like pretty clear uh with the last band that they're not afraid anymore to you know do the announcement of the announcement of the announcement you know and all that stuff um so like now i think like if if they do see you know um something on the power level like feel the dead with like the hours and stuff they could just like be like sorry can i just
3: clarify what you meant i know what you meant but you mean they're not afraid to just announce a band yeah exactly Okay, you made it seem like they're only going to do their stupid announcement, announcement of announcement thing.
1: Oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, I meant that they would just announce that it's banned and not do, like, next week, coming next week, there's an announcement, and it's like, in three hours, there'll be an announcement, and they're like, we're announcing a ban in in a week. And then we got to get lunch. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh... no, they're just like, it's happening, and it's happening in two hours when the patch goes live. And they are like, oh, okay. Oh.
3: Uh, yeah, that was the best thing that's ever happened to us.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. It was super great. So, I actually thought it was a joke. Like literally, actually thought it was a joke. I thought it was like someone said it in my chat, and I was just like, "What? This can't be real. This is an actual joke." I, I
3: was happened. too afraid to tell people because I thought it was one of those fake edits.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Like I, I, I wanted to be first to the news, but I was too afraid to be wrong, so I just didn't. Say. I didn't want to be like, "That's obviously fake, Caroline." And so. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. I, I like literally called one of my, my, my chat people. I was like, I was like, I think you've been duped. So I'm just going to let you like, it's like, it's sweet news, but like, I don't think it's real.
2: <laughs> awesome. we've, been, we've been hurt too many times to believe. That. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that is a great point though. They are moving quicker uh, on how they're doing things. They are kind of, it, it was nice to see that was something when you talk about like something, it's a little bit of refreshing of the state of the past years. that, I mean, they aren't, afraid to make bands, but also they're doing them quicker now, um, yeah. which is I think one of the things that kind of stands out. Um, Caroline, is there something, I think uh, there's something you want to say as well?
3: Yeah. So I realized if we're actually going to start talking about the state of the um, affairs article, I don't know, whatever it's called. Um, for one that, you know, if you're listening to our podcast, I do recommend you read it. Uh, you don't have to read word for word, but it's, um, it's always pretty good. I think Maro, uh Mark Rosewater is, one of the more honest people in the company. I mean, mostly because he just can be, um, and he, you know, he's got a pretty decent perspective. He does get a lot of his information from people, from comments from people. He actually just listens to so many people all the time. Like he does all these blogs and all these Reddit things, I think, and Twitter things. Like he's just constantly getting information from for people. So I think he has a pretty good. Feel for what loud people have to say about the sets. Um, He might not, you know, the more quiet people might be harder to get. I mean, they're just harder to get their opinions for anything. Um, So definitely read it before, you know, if you can before you listen to this part. But the general sense of the article, the first thing I saw was like a paragraph that talks about um, the good news, you know, and that's, you know, it makes sense. You want to start your article off with something good. And one of the the good news, the goodest news, as they would say, uh, is actually something we were just talking about, which is there are more people that have played Magic, both online or in paper. Rest in peace, last couple of months, um, ever in history of ever. Like the, the every year and every month and every day, we're just sh- shattering records. Some of that is probably COVID-related, but hey, <laughs> we'll take it. Um, but they, you know, they got losses in other places from that, but the general thing he starts off of saying is like everybody loves magic we're doing it we're everyone's loving it um but that isn't to say like and he says right away cuz he knows that people are going to start yelling like you don't understand that we hate it <laughs> it's like well no i do like he says right away in like a brackets yes i understand uh we have lots to learn we're going to go over that but he wanted to like celebrate hey you know we're all playing magic and that's awesome and i wanted to celebrate that too because immediately after I read that, I'm like, I know that people are going to, you know, have snide remarks about that. And within like minutes, I got like a group chat message that someone's like, look at them, like pretending that nothing's wrong. And then they like, quote, tweeted that section. And I was like, that's not what's happening. Like, you are allowed to acknowledge that people are playing your game and you got to figure out how to make even more people play your game. And that's fine. And so I I wanted to acknowledge
2: that because I think it's pretty cool.
3: There's just so many people playing magic. It's so great.
2: Yeah, so kind of like piggybacking off what you said, more people are playing Magic. I get that like us, you know, the four of us here, we love to play Magic competitively. Rosewater does not roll out of bed every morning waking up and going, hey, those competitive players, they're the ones I need to care about. Like they care about us in some aspect, but the casual player makes up the majority of Magic purchases, I'm 100 percent sure. Like, more people play Commander, more people play Tabletop Magic than ever will play a sanctioned professional REL tournament. That's just how it is. And Roosevelt is doing the best job, or Wizards is doing the best job that they can to keep the game balanced, but at the end of the day, we are not the main consumer of Wizards' product, and it's awesome that they try to do the best they can with us, but I mean... They still also want to sell packs at the end of the day, so I mean they still are a business. They have a bottom line to care oh, about. that's
3: true. They have twelve different packs you can buy now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, So I mean, I, it's awesome that they care about us, but I mean at the end of the day, they just got to sell packs. So,
0: but you know, I, I think that's a a great point, though, is when you discuss that there, there's because of arena but not just arena but there's many different ways to enjoy the game and more and more people are getting into it and i think that that is also kind of reflected in how you get into the game for some it is just playing the cards for some it is cracking packs and doing that kind of thing like as the least competitive of the four of us you know whenever a new set comes out i do budget for like not a box but i budget for like one collector's pack this time, this time around, it was a VIP pack. but I do, it's like cool. I like cracking, I like cracking open packs and seeing like the cool art and stuff. Like that appeals to me. That's one of the things that I enjoy mm-hmm. about the game, and that is, I think, reflected in kind of what Mark Rosewater was talking about as well. Because not only are more people playing Magic than ever, but things like collectors boosters and things like the different uh, products that they're releasing are also very, very popular. Way too expensive but very, very, very popular, but it, they're yeah. still selling anyway. And people are, are really digging them. So that's kind of one of the other side things there too. Yeah.
2: I can just imagine. They're like, how much money we make on VIP packs? And like $10,000. Yeah. We sold two packs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Cool. We hit our profit margins. Uh, <laughs> side side note on that. My favorite part is that people are being like, we're like, Oh, look at how you, these can be resealed and all repackaged and sold in the market. And you can trick all these people and that kind of stuff. Wattsy really messed this up. I'm like, no, they didn't. They don't, they they don't care about that. <laughs> like <laughs> you've you have bought the sealed product from them. What happens to it afterwards is not.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like that. Uh,
3: I mean, yes and no. The, the last time that happened was, man, that, that was rough. The Modern Masters two.
2: Mm-hmm. The
3: paper packs. Does anyone remember the paper? Oh man? yeah,
2: I remember that. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, they're always looking. Like one of the biggest wastes in Magic history is the plastic wrappers, right? Like they are always looking for ways to improve it uh i don't this one might have been just like a fancier way to have cards i, I don't know um but it's they it's a little bit on them like i i think we should they should take some credit like <clears throat> you like there's a lot of like eric will know about this too like when you buy old packs you have to know you're like oh this set was mappable mm-hmm, so yeah. i should never buy a pack from anybody like that that is a little bit on them like they they don't do that on purpose they're not going to make a set mappable and so when they mess up uh and that i think just refers to the sheet being um you you know what rare you're going to get or something how does that work eric
1: when uh, when like a, sh-
3: they say a set mappable?
1: If, yeah if you if you can like open like certain packs in a certain order then you know what's in the rest of the box because of the uh, way that it gets, it gets it gets cut yeah um the so way like, the cut, yeah yeah so it's basically just like you like you get like you get a spreadsheet open and like somebody has already mapped it out, and then you're like, okay, this pack has this, this matches here, this pack has this, this matches here, and it's like, okay, this is the rest of the box. And even and, then, even then from
0: a certain standpoint, you could have like to do that. yeah, even then, you could have like searchable packs, even if it's not mappable.
1: You know, if you're oh. buying like individual packs, those things are well, searchable.
3: That's different. Yeah. But I yeah. was gonna
1: go way, way back. And I was gonna say one of the biggest the one of the biggest changes and one of the first changes they actually made was the like some of the original packs had white on the top and the bottom of a pack. So you could just push the cards up and squeeze the pack. So this is why you should never buy non-sealed boxes of like unlimited, revised, you know, and stuff like that. Because you could just like literally push the pack up and then push the white to the card and then read the card through the pack. Like you weren't even taking them out of the pack, you were just like reading them card by card inside the pack.
0: Yeah, if you think, if you think it was difficult reading it through uh, kind of white plastic that way, try VIP pack where the plastic is clear. So all you have to do is just make a little push up and you go, Okay, force of will. Great. Awesome. What's up? Is that what I did? No, because Target was at least smart and they like they it was like Fort Knox. They put the VIP pack (laughs) literally it was it was cellophane wrapped obviously, but then there was an extra layer of cellophane. Then they put that into a plastic container. That was then covered with another plastic, like, lid that had a special tool that you had to crack open in order to take out the VIP pack, then remove that layer of plastic so you had the cellophane-wrapped thing. Like, that's what they had at Target. It was literally Fort Knox to try and get one VIP
1: pack. Also, I can guarantee you that that Brasky didn't do that because it wasn't until later that he was like, he's like, I opened this Thoughtseize and this Force of Will card, and then it was like the next morning he's like, Force of Will's is the most expensive card in the set. This is crazy. I,
0: I know. So it's like cool. I opened Force of Will. That's a really powerful
1: card. Awesome. And then the next morning I was like, I
0: want to check the prices. Of this holy Oko. You know, it's like, oh okay.
3: No, you didn't. Open, you didn't open Oko. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but to, to bring it back to like the, the state of design as well, that kind of design thing that we, that we were discussing, it's, it's important to note that uh, I think what Mark Rosewater especially talked on as well is what they're learning with those fancy packs and with the fancy packaging and the types of products that they're releasing as well, which is very interesting.
3: Yeah, they, um, you know, he covers just players like things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> new things. Um, I personally am not a big fan, but I can understand why, you know, someone like yourself is excited to go and buy your one pack that season or whatever. Um, I kind of wanted to, to talk a little bit about the the broad topics that they had. So they have, or the broad lessons. So I don't, if you haven't read the article, basically um, a standard way to do it is they have three highlights uh, of a set. So they, they go set by set. Um, they have three good highlights and then um, three lessons, we'll, we'll call them, like the three negatives, basically. Um, though sometimes lessons aren't necessarily negative. They're more just, like, thoughtful. Um, and so they have broad lessons in the, the whole year. And one of the ones that I'm pretty interested in is this balance issue. Um, what? They didn't
2: have would any that balance issues. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so the reason I'm I have issues with this is... I sort of feel like they're saying like, oh, no, we just noticed we had a balance issue. But really, that that was like the title of their article from 2016 or 17 or whatever, when they had to ban when they had to do their last big standard banning. And they said like, hey, we're making play design and play design will do all this balance testing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm starting to feel like I think you can only pull the wool over my eyes so many times before you think is are you actually balance testing? I don't know. Like, what's up, Eric?
1: I was just going to state that this feels a lot like um, the fake apologies that you get from people, where they're like, I'm sorry I made this mistake, but they don't talk about how they're fixing it. Yeah. like, we're going to address this issue. And you're like, but how? And that's just like, they keep saying it over and over again. We're going to like address this issue. This is something we're going to correct. It's like. And I want an action plan. Like, I want the, to know why, the Last how.
3: time this happened, like, I know we've had bannings continuously for the last four or five years. But the last time I really remember, like, just a major oko-up of cards was, like, I think was the 2016, 2017. Like, it was the Marvel and the Emrakul yeah. and, and all that shenanigans. They literally came out with this huge article that was, like, we were creating a brand new team. It's called the Play Design Team. Uh, they're actually going to be in charge of testing all formats in various... Comp- capacities and and you won't see results for two to three years and that was like amazing it was just like holy cow they actually like we we messed up this is what we're doing this is how we're gonna fix it and that sort of happened like you know things did get better-ish but what's happening now like you're right eric like you can't just say okay we're gonna make a play design team you have one yeah (laughs) what are you going to do with them
0: yeah i
3: don't know like what's the management like there who's actually like are there guidelines and rules. I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. It's weird.
0: I, I think if there's one thing that he kind of briefly touched on in in the article that sort of addresses that, is when he talks about Ikoria. And in Ikoria, one of the big lessons learned, obviously, in Ikoria, was companions. And even said, uh, this wasn't just the biggest mistake of the set. The Companion was the biggest mistake of the year, and maybe one of the biggest mistakes in, in magic history.
3: Which I disagreed with totally, but yeah, yeah, keep going.
0: But one of the things he did mention is that a, a big lesson about that was that things with like companion and mutate and adding mechanics and adding complexity to the game is that they were from, you know, from the initial design perspective, they were having a lot of fun adding complexity to the game, but they didn't necessarily think about the scope of what they were asking uh, R&D to sign up for with the complexity that they were adding from that set to past sets to past sets. And so the, he did mention that they realized that when they do re- raise the complexity of the game, that they're also raising the complexity of, for themselves. And it's something that at least that stood out to me as something notable of how what he's doing is going to impact the other departments and something that they have learned is going to impact other departments. So maybe that'll be a positive and maybe it can be the way that Mark Rosewater can touch on that topic a little bit. I did take a little bit away from that statement.
3: Yeah, that that's reasonable. Um, it's funny. I read that sentence and I just said it out loud. I was like, I just don't know if I agree. Like, the the thing about companions is, well, okay. It's, I guess it's a biased opinion. I actually liked playing with my companion. Like I liked being able to cast lures from my companion zone and then cast a Mishra's Bobble that turn. Like I, I didn't actually, I understood it got old fast. Like if, if everyone's doing it, it was really quick. I, I, I get why it had to be changed but I didn't get this, like I enjoyed it. I was like, this is great, I'm having a blast. I, I even liked casting Omori. I liked casting most of them, right? The thing that I think is why Oko is a bigger mistake is it was never fun to play with or play against. At no point did anyone from previous season day one to you know the, the PT round 15, I don't think anyone ever had fun playing that card. And the thing that frustrated me was like, how did 12 people or six people or whatever play tonight is, how did all of them, how did this get past them? How how did it get out of, that's the thing that like, companions to me is like, we're pushing boundaries. We're trying new things. You know, we've never played a sideboard card to your hand before. Yeah, we might get it wrong. I, I actually am totally fine with the companion thing. It's awkward. It's not great for wizards. It'd be better if they got it right, but it was so new and so bizarre that I was totally on board. The Oko thing is just egregious. I just I cannot get past how that got out the door.
0: I think yeah. if, if there's one if there's one thing to state, because uh, as the shameless fanboy who will defend wizards uh, till till the very death, um, I, I think if there's one thing to state on that one, I, I'm I'm reading a book right now uh, by Jason Schreier called uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which just kind of goes through game design of a lot of different uh, yeah but it's like it goes through what it takes to get a lot of games made and it goes through a lot of games over like the past 10-15 years things like diablo 3 and stardew valley and all of them had different paths to getting made but one of the key things that i'm taking away from it is that a lot of times something can be released that is instantly broken and that they, and they did miss it, because it is, at the same time, like we said, more people are playing Magic than ever, and the second you release a set, especially a standard set on Arena, the second you release that set, within 30 minutes, or even maybe 10 minutes, more people have played more games with that set than your entire playtesting team and your entire R&D team have played the entire time combined. But,
3: and, and that's why I understand companions. I'm totally on board.
0: Yeah, but just Oko but doesn't not do it. I'm on board
3: for, for Oko. How could you have played that card and think this is a good idea? I just don't understand. And the excuse that you were only targeting your own stuff is baloney.
0: Sean, I, I, I think, I think you might have some input on that one. And I think it also pertails that he did make Mark Rosewater did make a lesson learn uh, on Throne of and elk. The first, yeah, the first lesson learned was too many elk.
3: Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. That was funny. Like you know, a little bit of self, self digging. Sean, you're not interested in me yelling about how I'm mad about
2: (laughs) No, I was letting you go on your little rant. All good. Um, All day. (laughs) I wanted to jump in because one thing over the last year that really, like, after reading this article, I, like, start having, like, flashbacks about is when Oko got banned, they had that article come out. I don't remember the name of it. I literally looked for it. I can't find it. But it was an article. It was, like, probably a 1,000 words or something like that. It was just, like, hey, here's Oko. We really messed up we're going to try not to let this happen again but we're purposely making more powerful cards for a reason right the article was they pushed the throne of eldraine boundaries as much as possible and they thought the throne of eldraine set was very good except for oko and it's very strange to me that companions and there's going to be another oko i'm just waiting to see what the next one's going to be oh,
3: it's called uro
2: yeah Don't worry. With-
3: because yeah. it has three letters and the same Convert of yeah,
2: You're right. So um, I'll help you out on that one. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it is, is zero. I mean, I, I personally don't like playing it. I don't like playing against it either. Not many people do, um, but like they're pro, pro, they're pushing the envelope as much as possible. They said in this article, Throne of Eldraine was a success in their eyes, but Oka was the, you know, blight on their report card kind of thing. But I mean, to me, <laughs> the last couple sets they printed, what was that?
3: It's not even true. We named four other cards that were banned for
2: the just Yeah, it's off of this article. That's what they said. But we literally named more cards that have been banned since. And it's just like weird to me because more people are playing Magic, but like these cards are still so powerful. It's just like, I don't really know where the line is at this point because it's like, okay, we had Oko, we had Ur, we had Veil of Summer, we had Fires of Invention. What is the next card that just like breaks standard again, right? Maybe it is zero. Like you well, said. Okay.
3: So I don't know how deep dive we want to go. <laughs> I have some positive comments to you eventually. Sure. They're just down at the bottom of the show notes. <laughs>
2: right. Way at the well, bottom.
3: Okay. Let's play a game called what do these cards called co- have in common? So, um, once upon a time fires of inventions, "Oko" for, you know, one component of the card, uh, it's giving you free mana. Mm-hmm. Like, these, like, it's pretty easy. Just put a big sign up. Well, I guess for in your virtual office, it just says no more free mana, and we'll be fine. Perfect. I solved all of our problems. If a card gives you free mana, it should not be printed. And I, I legitimately think that's like, I don't actually think Fires of Invention is a is a too powerful card. I think Fires of Invention sort of got the blame. For the fact that they are pushing the power level of cards, and when you push the power level of cards and you give them away for free, then it's just going to be a good card. I actually think it's totally a reasonable card. It's very cool. I really, really enjoyed playing with it. I just didn't like when I had to take all my opponent's permanents, and it was less fun. So I think Fires is, is off the hook. I think Once Upon a Time was just also a mistake. Like the free mana rule, just don't do it.
1: I think I think Once know. Upon a Time would actually. And it's like really weird, and I know this is gonna sound bonkers. Um, I watched the one of the versus lives, and they they were playing with Once Upon a Time. They were basically playing on all the unbanned standard cards, and the aggro decks like actually functioned with Once Upon a Time. And I was like, this is just wild, because like normally you wouldn't have that, right? But it was just like the the you the you the aggro decks needed to hit their mana on time and once upon a time just like allowed you to play two color aggro decks which was just like really crazy and it's like this card is like way too powerful but they just like made it so that the mid-range cards are so much more powerful that maybe once upon a time like might actually been a good thing for the aggro decks in standard which is just really weird yeah i
2: mean carolyn i think hit the hit the nail on the head with free spells are an issue it's shocking that for all of Magic's history, that free spells keep coming up in talks of bannings. I mean, you know, so. Are we back to Marvel all over again? Yeah, it's just yeah. like, again, I'm, getting, I'm waking up in my sleep with sweats and shakes of my opponent turn four, putting an Emrakul the Promised End into play. Like, we just can't have it anymore. I it, It's a lot of fun to do it, like Eric said, once or twice, maybe maybe 13 or 15 rounds of a tournament, but that's about it. I don't like getting mind control oh, yeah. on turn four. Sorry, I forgot
3: about the free, I was just on the free spell thing. Sorry, yeah. um, like
2: I mean, there's just like there's so many hogak basically free. <laughs>
1: you know, Actually, just... free. Yeah,
3: I think it's is cool as a joke. Like it has a free spell with it. It's called mind slaver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean... I'm I'm happy to harp on this all day. I think. It's really funny. You brought up that article about, "Hey, we're, we made Oko, We're sorry. You know, but don't worry. It's because things are really powerful. It, mm-hmm. It'll be okay in the future." Obviously, not true. <laughs> yeah. but the thing that I'm really upset about was back in the day, like back in the day, back in my day. In the, I bring this up a lot, but in the Emercool reflector mage copter ban, the that article, I'm like 90 percent sure was so well written that was like we code up we really did this is what we did this is what we're going to do in the future to fix it um this is what we'll t- like show you in six months what we're going to do in one year like it just really outlined their whole freaking plan and how they like talked about how they you know they're going to fix it and all these things but like in a much better way than any of the articles that are coming out nowadays every banning announcement every we messed up article is just this like it happened but we're not going to tell you why it happened or why it will not happen again because it probably will happen again because we know the next two years and we got a long way to go yeah that's what i'm worried about i'm i'm sort of worried that they aren't doing this like oh we're gonna fix it by doing things because they kind of know what's coming (laughs) i don't know that's sort of pessimistic
2: i I think it's funny because we were joking about this probably a few multiple podcasts ago but it was just like they printed companions one time and then marlowe had that tweet where it was like hey, would you guys like to see a returning mechanic from Ikoria? And we're all just like, companions are back. <laughs> companions are coming back.
3: I'm them in Zendikar. <laughs> um, okay, but I will, I, if we're okay to move on, I do want to talk yeah. about some of the positive things. Like one of the things that I kind of forget about, you play a lot of magic, you just, you know, you open a booster pack of that set, you don't remember anything else. I opened a Ravnica pack today. And I was like, oh, there's cards in here, right? Um, one of the cool things about this article is it does take you down memory lane, you know, about different sets from the last year. And the thing I wanted to reflect, as much as aldrain gets so much Oko for printing Oko, it actually had just an amazingly cool mechanic that I think is is actually not broken. Like, the adventures mechanic is very cool. Um like, they really push forward to it's not a split card. It's really two separate. Like, it's it's one card, and you can only do it in, you know, if you do it in one order, that's fine, but you can't do it in the other order. Like, I don't know. I think their last attempt to do that was the, um, oh, I guess Almond split cards where you could, you had to cast the aftermath. You know, the one, yeah, the aftermath. Yeah. That, that one for some reason fell, fell short for me. I don't really understand why. Like, it's still two spells. Um, also the names were kind of annoying so maybe that's why. But
2: the do Dusty Don, that's a cool name. You would pick the freaking wrath. Oh my god. Oh, I could have said commit memory.
3: That's a good card though. <laughs> yeah. um, like the adventure cards had this like feel to it. Like you were literally putting bone crusher on an adventure and then bringing him back to do some more, like to do stuff. You're like, okay, well go do your little thing. And when you're ready, come be a creature, please. Like, I don't know, it just, it had way more flavor and way more engagement. And and the same thing, it didn't feel like absolutely broken. Um, also, you didn't have to like, cr- like look carefully at your opponent's like sideways graveyard to see if they had an aftermath card. So that was nice too. <laughs> um, so I, I liked learning about that. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot, you know, adventure was pretty popular. Um, I will think that, so their highlight from um, uh, Ikoria was the complexity. Uh, they really pushed the complexity with mutate. Uh, I actually think that this article would look extremely different, like it's so different for that section if we weren't in a pandemic. I, I actually think that potentially mutate might have been listed as a
2: an issue as opposed to a positive. <laughs> oh, no one knows how it works. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no one knows how it works. Is that the complexity of paper magic and that mechanic. I think they got extremely randomly, unfortunately lucky that that was the, basically an online only set. <laughs> like nobody had to do the actual mutate in person. Even you know everybody's messing it up.
0: Even, like, even digitally last night, again, playing soul Tide ramp. And one of the, my game to get into plat was against a, a simic mutate deck. Uh, Or no, it was was a Bant mutate deck, because they put in some of the white cards that you can sacrifice to give something indestructible and all that kind of stuff. And playing against it, they kept mutating creatures on top of these creatures, and I'm like, okay, well, if I kill this creature while it's on the stack, then it won't resolve? No, it does resolve. Okay, but wait, if I kill it, are they going to sacrifice the thing it's mutated onto? Does that sacrifice the whole creature? No, it doesn't. Do I, if I bounce the thing, if I Aether Gust it, does that, Put the top one and like enchantments the others go to the graveyard no all three go to the oh, top okay no, I'm no, like no. <laughs> and so much of that game was me going what how does this work hold on a second what it i don't hmm. i still won but i remember at the end of it going i am so confused by how this game played out.
3: and that's seriously a valid point like i know that they're pushing things forward and i really enjoyed mutate it took me a while to figure out like you know how it worked and All this, you know, little things about it, but I think overall I really liked it. But I could not imagine being at any pre-release with people being like, "Ah, well, actually, uh, that that doesn't go to the graveyard." Or, "Well, actually, like, I don't know. I could just see it being like a disaster." I don't.
0: Excuse me, my creature still resolves, please. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Um, Well, it's also awkward because we we've had other mechanics that are similar, and people like to compare things. It's just how they are, Um, and so bestow was. Like you actually said, enchantments as you were describing your story, which they are not, <laughs> but that's just how we are. Like, it, you're not, it you feels like it. Magic then, and you just think about it, you're like, oh, that's an enchantment. Um, and so I think that's like a really valid point is that we just compare and contrast. The uh, Emerge was also in that space, right? No, you had to sack a creature for that
2: one, yeah. You sacked a creature to pay for its cost.
3: So I don't know, I, I think I, it's unfortunate, it's you know, weird. I don't know, I just think. Ikoria worked out well with them, with, with uh, merge. Gosh, uh, with mutate. But gosh, would this article have looked different? I think if we had just been status quo for our world, hey, our world would have been better. Though so that'd be great. Yeah, that'd
0: I, be cool and sweet. To also touch on the complexity though of, of mutate and what that was and what they learned for it, I do, th- I do think there was parts of that that he alluded to of the basically going. Uh, did people enjoy or reject that type of complexity? And he kind of basically said, for the most part, they embraced it and liked it. But the feedback was that we shouldn't do this type of thing all the time. Like it's the, this type of like huge, complex mechanic, that kind of thing is something that can be an occasional cool thing. But don't put something that's this complicated into every set.
3: Yes. So, I, OK, there's one theme that I want to talk about, um, which is great. You brought that up. This is the first, I think this might be the first solid year. Hmm, I might be wrong. This is one of the first solid years where we've had no blocks of any kinds. No, it is, right? Because Ravnica was last year. Yeah. So this is a this is the first time where you know no blocks, no single, like only single sets, all different concepts throughout the whole year. So we've had three or f- three plus a core set or four plus a core set. Uh, four? Yes. Well, it doesn't matter. And this, so they've said, Hey, something where we thought we were doing, but it doesn't really sound like it landed with everybody is we need to find a way to connect these standalone sets a little bit more so that you don't just fire up arena, craft all the adventure cards. And then as soon as the new set comes out, all my adventure cards are gone away. That didn't happen. Don't worry. Um, and mutate is, you know, same thing. It's like, okay, well, mutate was only good when it was the last set in, in the format. Um, that did happen. <laughs> in fact, it was probably never good. And so they're trying to be, you know, be like, okay, well, how can we connect more sets this way? Um, I think they talked about enchantments maybe being, I don't know. I think there was like an enchantment sub theme between all these sets. Um, yeah. And that's something that they're aware of. Uh, I don't think they nailed it. They don't think they nailed it. They're going to try and improve. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, hey, that's a good point. Like, we're used to, at least with the in the last year, 19, 2019, we had Ravnica. We had two. Two or three Ravnica, like two or three Ravnica sets. Wow! How could I not remember anything? Wow!
2: Ravnica Allegiance, right?
3: It was just two, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Two. Most of them were two recently. <laughs>
3: um, yeah. So this is like our first year of just standalone sets all by themselves. And how did they work? How did that work? Um, this relates to my next comment, which was uh, multiple feedbacks in the in the most recent sets. So Theros and. Uh, Core 21 21 doesn't really count. You'll see why in a second, but those two both had lessons learned. There's no story. Like there, there's a whole separate thing going on at wizards where they, you know, they made a decision at some point to no longer provide stories on their website. Um, That was a whole other thing that people got upset about. Um, They also then tried to do novels that didn't really work out either. And they both, they had lessons that were like, Hey, you know, y'all didn't get the story as much as we tried you know there were story out like um whatever they call them like story spotlight cards um they tried it in different ways like they said the ikoria thing was really bad because they focus on this godzilla thing they're like oh look at our cool thing where you have Godzillas and they everyone just thought oh the set will be big monsters when really the set was like little monsters on top of other little monsters
0: My, in a trench coat. It was yeah, I was just gonna say monsters <laughs> in a trench coat.
3: Yeah. That would have been a much better previous season. It's just all these monsters in a trench coat. I'm trying to um. picture
0: I'm trying to picture their like cinematic for for Icoria, instead of Vivian doing things with humongous monsters and stuff. It's like Vivian showing up and all of a sudden you just see this like trench coated individual show up. And she like opens a oh, trench coat oh, and all these little oh, monsters oh. get out and start roaming around.
3: So, yeah, I think like they're realizing that the story is a component. I just can't tell if they're going, like, I mean, Maro's not actually going to say, oh, I'm going to do this going forward. Like, I'm going to bring back the story articles on our website. That would be amazing. Um, But it is clear that they're noticing these things. So, hopefully, that's good. I I actually really like the stories. I I thought they were fun. I never read them. Someone would describe them to me. (laughs) It's great. Eric, what's up?
1: So I wanted to go, kind of go back up to the block thing because I think that one's huge. Oh sure. Um, the the like there it says like there was st- like the literal first thing is like we're still adapting to a blockless world, and um, one of the big things is like so I, like the other day I was like playing on stream, and I was playing this is pre Ahmed and I was playing uh, John Sacrifice, and basically um, Jarvis is in my chat and he goes, "Are you playing a block deck?" And I'm like, "No, this is historic." And he's like, oh, that's so weird. I thought this was just like a block deck. And it was like, and like, that's just kind of something that would happens, right? Like you were, you kind of like, you know, we're, were hinting at it earlier. It's like, if I'm going to play a mutate deck, I maybe get one card that isn't from the, the block that has mutate, right? If you get a Jun food deck, I get Mayhem Devil, but everything else is from the food set right and so like not having blocks means that there's not as much crossover and i think that's like this this article or like this this paragraph hopefully is saying that maybe they, they like be toning down some of the complicated stuff so that you can actually get a you know like sacrifice matters kind of like went through a lot of the different things but none of them like you know talked about food specifically um sometimes it was just like when you sacrifice creatures or something but let's just like um Making it so that it works throughout multiple different blocks or multiple different sets is something that a block can do, but not necessarily a bunch of different sets. And I wonder if going forward, they might just, you know, hopefully just like print a card that seems out of place in the set, but it works as standard as a whole, you know, and maybe um, they talked about like throwaway mechanics, essentially, not necessarily that they wanted to throw them away, but ones that did like didn't really make it. Um, the, the, the one that, uh, that they specifically talk about is the one where you, is it Edmonent? Is it Edmont? Ad- Adamant? Adamant. Adamant.
3: oh Oh, Adamant. is a great example forgettable mechanics.
2: Yeah. I mean, and like, was, basically like. Three mana of one color one.
1: Yeah. And it's like, maybe if you're thinking about that and like, it doesn't really hit, you can come back in a later standard set and kind of like add something to that mechanic and be like, this is to like help that mechanic out. And maybe they can't because of like how they do, how they like set up sets like years ahead of time. But, you know, maybe they can, like, you know, throw in a card or something. But, you know, that that's my hope is that for the, the, the ones that they miss on, they can add a little bit more so that they don't have to, like, shove everything into one set and then just be like, well, if it's too good, it's too good. But we need it to hit, you know, and then but like maybe it's like now they can go, well, if like if it's too good, we can just like kind of scale it back a little bit. If it's not good enough, we can add something later.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 also the, maybe that can also be done by the fact that just most of these keywords, luckily are words, they're one word, right? Mm -hmm. So something like adamant, while was really focused on the Camelot side of things with Throne of Eldraine, adamant can also be adapted to focus on whatever this particular set's about. Same thing with something like madness, you know, what is, what is that, what is, you know, madness, the mechanic is the same, but how does that fit into a different story of a different set release, just so we can have some, just so we can have it match it up with other past releases as well. Yeah. Anybody—and, of course, the one thing that they did touch on, which none of us will touch on as well, is that jumpstart. It came out. No one can get it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, COVID. That's also—I do wonder—I would love to see an article about that, more or less like the state of design, but like something from Morrow or something like that going, how how COVID impacted the game of Magic from a design perspective, from a release perspective, from— obviously impacted eSports, but again, that's like a, a small sliver of things. But I would love to see the impact of the pandemic, not financially on the game, but on just how they designed, run and release the game. Anybody else have any input on what they thought were like highlights or or of the big lessons learned of 2020?
2: Yeah, I think at this point, I think we touched on everything. I mean,
3: <laughs> the, well,
2: the misses of Oko. <laughs> I don't know how much more you want to talk about that.
3: I've spoken for 31 minutes, so I think we're covered. <laughs> You
0: think so? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna now. We're gonna start my 15-minute uh, dissertation on uh, shrines and why we need more. Uh, oh, so, you're,
3: oh no! I got. Oh,
0: you're breaking so up. Oh, jeez.
3: So oh, God. Awkward. Bye. Well, oh, it's
0: okay. Well, okay. Well, it looks like according to Caroline, my internet connection is going in and out. So we better push this thing forward. And the yeah, way that.
3: I hear your connection will work for exactly the next five minutes, so just knock it all out in five minutes.
0: Perfect. Great. I think we can move on now to take those lessons learned, and I want to know what lessons you're going to apply as you try to get better at the game this week, while also telling us where we can watch you playing that game on the interwebs. So uh, let's start off with Mr. Toolshed. What are you going to be doing to get better at the game this week, and where can people find you doing it?
2: Hello, that's me. Um, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Toolshed and at Toolshed. I will be playing a bunch of Star City events this week, starting with Standard tomorrow afternoon and Historic at 6 p.m. Central, probably playing some Golo stack, trying to figure out what the Mirror Breaker is, if it exists, and how to best smash my opponents at Standard on Saturday.
0: Wonderful. Caroline, how about you?
3: Uh, so for me this week, uh, let's see... I don't have tons of Saturday plans. We've already talked about my Sunday plans. Um, Doing some set roulette coverage. Uh, I guess I've played two SDGs this week, so I don't know. We'll probably stop, but we'll see. Uh, And then there's still Legacy looming. Always Legacy looming. And then, I don't know.
1: That's what Legacy does. It just never goes away.
3: Uh, Oh, I didn't really share this. Uh, I don't think I shared it last week, but uh, if you're following along at home, I qualified for the September mythic qualifying weekend thing that has a fancy title. Uh, And I qualified her twice by accident. Uh, And I actually did some negotiating slash screenshotting some words that Watsi used uh, and they have agreed that their words were vague. uh, And so I believe I've turned that one invite from September uh, the weekend event two, two. So September and October. Um, And so that's pretty exciting. So that does mean that I have nothing to play in arena, which means I'm not making my quests. Uh, And yeah, I don't really know what to do. I've played a lot of like non magic games the last couple of weeks. So maybe we'll keep that up.
0: And where can they find you playing those non magic games?
3: Oh, that's a great question and answer. Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I won't be playing games in there, but you can find me on Twitter uh, at Mighty Linguini, no the, uh, you can find me on Instagram at the Mighty Linguini. You can tell I am not reading this for what it's worth. (laughs) Uh, And you can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini where we always play. Nope. Darn it. Ah, okay. We always have a magic guest, but we don't always play magic. It is so hard to do it when you just see, when you don't read it, it's the same sentence. I've said 1200 times. Goodness,
0: we have 1200 episodes yeah 1200 1200
3: or 40 you know it's (laughs) oh oh well the viewers don't know that Brasky makes us do these podcasts 12 times each night it's
0: true yeah it's 40 actual episodes 1200 sean episodes yeah (laughs) much like sean dollars
3: he doesn't pay us Sean dollars though trust me
0: exactly yeah i can't afford that it's Uh like eight dollars i know jesus so whopping it's just a (laughs) huge it's huge amount of funds for that Conan Hawk, if you're if if you're not going to be recording several thousand podcasts, uh, are you going to be playing the game? Or are you going to get better at it? And where can people find you doing it?
1: Uh, yeah, so this week I'll be working on getting my voice ready for the next uh, twelve recordings of the podcast on uh, next week. Um, no, I'll be playing uh, Field of the Dead um, on my stream and possibly other historic decks that I think might be good against Field of the Dead. Um, well, so basically, there yeah, there probably isn't. Uh, so I'll be th- theorycrafting crafting on ways to make Field of dead better or how to beat it um, or just like working on field to beat the mirror. Um, and I'll be doing that on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. Uh, I stream Monday through Friday, or you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I always post when I'm going live uh, on Twitter at Conan Hawk. And uh, every once in a while I'll post a cat pic on my t- uh, Instagram, uh, which is also Conan Hawk. So you can check me out any of those places. Fantastic.
0: Me, I'm going to be just still diving into the ladder. I've hit plat, and I haven't hit plat in a while, so I, I'm going to fight off uh, the usual ladder anxiety that I usually feel once. There's, I, I don't feel it ever once I've hit, you know, when I'm going through places I've been at. The second I hit spots that I haven't been at, all of a sudden ladder anxiety shows up, and I have no idea why, so I just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Just throw caution to the wind. I'm going to jam more sultai in standard, see if I can hit that diamond. Can I hit that diamond? We'll find out. Maybe I can uh, I believe th- I believe you can. I think we can. Let's let's do it. Let's jump into it. But when I do do that, perhaps I might stream it. If I ever do, you can always find me at Twitch at Twitch TV. Uh, slash brasky 1142 and you can always find me on Twitter as well, at brasky 1142 And of course, you can find everything that we do by following us on Twitter at Swagoi Gaming, S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming, and you can check out our website at Swagoi.com, find out, and meet all of the different esports teams that we have from Hearthstone to Magic the Gathering, and brand new to Swagoi is the Valorant team, so welcome to them as well. But you can always find out more about all of the different games that we're playing and what we're working on at Swagoi Gaming, and of course, let us know. Drop us a, a like on this little podcast if you're on spotify maybe subscribe to it on any of the podcasting platforms that you're on and it would be awesome if you could leave us a review whether it just be stars or you give us some really kind words maybe maybe give us some words of things that you've enjoyed but the lessons we should learn with this podcast that's what we should do as well but we always know that whatever lessons we learn we'll apply them to all the episodes that we do and we'll do that next week
3: bye
0: -bye.